Well, good morning. If you have a Bible with you, please turn to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 22. Luke, chapter 22. I love that song. Man, you can play that every Sunday if you want, Levi. That would be fine with me. I love that song. Uh, Luke, chapter 22. I've been preaching through um, the Gospel of Luke, this uh, book of facts about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're now in Luke chapter 22. We'll be reading verses uh, 14 to 20. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, you just slip your hand in the air and uh, one of our ushers will bring one to you. If you don't have one at home, you can just take that Bible home with you. That's a gift from us to you. We're in Luke chapter 22. We'll be reading verses 14 to 20. I do know that there is a Vikings football game today. Uh, so we will aim to get out uh, right about the time we normally get out at, at noon. So, uh, hey, so just buckle your seatbelts and you can catch the game on the radio on the way home. Luke chapter 22. We'll start reading in verse 14. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, we do believe that, um, that sitting here and receiving uh, your word from you is more important than anything that's going on today. Uh, so Lord, I pray that you would uh, rivet our minds and our hearts upon your word. I do pray, Father, for a work of your spirit here this morning. We do believe, Father, that um, uh, apart from your spirit, this, this book here would just be another book, black words on a white page. But we believe, Father, with the work of your Spirit, working with this Word, you can do some amazing things. And Lord, we ask that you would do that in our hearts and our minds and our lives today. And we pray it now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And when the hour came, Jesus reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, excuse me, we'll stop there, verse, verse 20, excuse me. Amen. In, in the American prison system, when a man on death row is, is approaching his final hours, he is typically given a last meal, one final feast before his execution. And this right here is essentially the last meal for Christ. Jesus is now approaching his final hours here. The events of this passage most likely took place in, 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 in the evening, on Thursday evening, and later this same night, in just a couple hours now, Jesus will be arrested, falsely accused, beaten, 
And by the following afternoon, Jesus will be dead. This is his last meal, the, the, the final feast he will eat before his death. Many people today call this the, the Last Supper. And, and this is now the seventh very big meal scene here in the book of Luke. Here in the book of Luke, meals have, 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 have played a very prominent role in the life of Jesus. He has done tons of ministry around the table. One writer, as I've mentioned, said Jesus eats his way through the book of Luke. And this right here will be one of the most important meals of his life. There are two main parts to this passage here, and the the first thing Luke gives us here is the setting, along with some introductory remarks from Jesus. Luke says in verse 14 that when the hour had come, Jesus reclined at a table with his 12 apostles or with his 12 disciples, and the hour that had come here was the hour for the Passover feast. Every year, uh, the Jews in Jesus' day, they, they celebrated a Passover feast. It was one of the most important days of the year for the Jewish people. This annual feast was a reminder to the Jews of their past deliverance from Egypt. Over a thousand years before this meal right here, the Jewish people were in captivity in Egypt and God delivered them. God had every Jewish family there in Egypt kill a lamb, spread the blood of the lamb on the doorframe of their home and roast and eat the lamb. And at midnight, God then sent a death angel through Egypt and every home there in Egypt that did not have blood on it, the angel took the life of the firstborn there, ultimately killing many firstborn Egyptians. But when the angel saw the blood on the Jewish homes, the angel passed over their homes and spared their firstborn. And God delivered the Jews that night. And it was the blood of the Passover lamb that had saved them. And after God delivered the Jewish people from captivity there in Egypt, He then instructed them to celebrate a Passover feast once a year. And the Jewish people did it. The Jewish people at this point in time here... When this meal takes place here in the book of Luke, the Jewish people had celebrated this Passover feast for over a thousand years. And this right here is now the day of this incredible Passover feast. In the passage right before this, which we looked at last Sunday, Jesus sent two of his disciples, Peter and John, into Jerusalem, probably the morning of this same day here, to prepare the Passover feast for Jesus and his 12 disciples. And Peter and John have now prepared uh, for the feast. They, they, they found this upper room. Two, 
got everything ready and the hour has now come. It's probably late afternoon or evening now and Jesus along with his ten other disciples arrive at this upper room for this feast. A candlelit room here uh, most likely. Uh, Maybe some cushions thrown around on the floor by the owner of the house. I would imagine this this was a pretty warm and, and inviting place for a very long feast. Uh, My brother-in-law used to own a a melting pot restaurant in Kansas City, and uh, it's not always what you know in this life, it's who you know, right? Uh, Well, my brother-in-law would occasionally bring uh, my entire family, uh, my parents, uh, my brother and his wife, and my sister Molly and me, he would bring us to this melting pot restaurant for a complimentary meal. And this restaurant was a great place for a long meal. It was a, a, a downstairs restaurant in the, in the basement of this building. It was really dark down there. There were cushions in the booths, candle lit. Uh, just a, a, a perfect place, really, uh, for a three-hour Lewis family feast. Uh, and, and I would imagine that this room here um, was also probably a decent place for a really long feast. It was customary back then for people to wear white at Passover. So picture Jesus and his disciples wearing white here. And Luke says that they all reclined at a table. Uh, people didn't sit uh, back then on chairs for a feast like this. They, they typically reclined uh, on the floor, reclining around a low U-shaped table. Everybody was usually around the outside of the table so the servants could get to the front of the table. They would recline uh, usually on their side, on one side, an elbow on a pillow, their head in towards the table, their feet away from the table. Uh, a very relaxed posture for a meal, if you just think about that. I don't know how they did it, though. Uh, seriously, you, you put me <laughs> in a posture like that for a long candlelit meal, I'm sleeping on your lap in <laughs> about two seconds flat. But they did it. Uh, many of you have maybe seen Leonardo da Vinci's uh, very famous 16th century painting of the Lord's Supper, Jesus and his disciples at this table, the Last Supper, beautiful painting, and it's not accurate uh, because they're all sitting in chairs. And the Bible clearly says that they were all reclining, most likely on the floor. So everyone is now positioned around this table here, and Jesus then gives some introductory remarks. If you look at verse 15, Jesus said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. I, I have earnestly desired disciples to eat this Passover with you. And the Greek there indicates a very strong desire Uh, The word desire is actually there twice in the Greek. A literal translation would be, I have desired with desire to eat 
this meal with you. This was a very strong, a very fervent desire in the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he had been longing intensely to eat this Passover meal with his 12 disciples. And why? A couple of reasons, maybe. On a simple level, I, I think Jesus just really loved these men. These were his closest men on planet Earth, his closest friends on planet Earth. He truly does love these men, and he also probably really loved the Passover feast. Listen, he's probably been celebrating this feast his entire life, even as a kid, probably traveling with his parents to Jerusalem for this feast. This feast probably brings up lots of really good memories for Jesus, and on a simple level, I think Jesus was probably just longing to celebrate this feast he loved with these men that he loved. And listen, Jesus, Jesus is both God and man. And, and as a man here on this earth, Jesus, he, he experienced all of the longings that you and I experience. Have you ever longed to spend a holiday you love with the people you love. Have you ever longed for that? Well, Jesus has too. On a simple level, I think he was just longing to spend this holiday he loved with these disciples that he loved. But listen, the longing that Jesus had here, this this thing goes much, much deeper than just that. I, I think Jesus was primarily longing here to eat this meal with his disciples because he knows that this, this meal here, this thing essentially marks the end of his journey. Listen, Jesus knows what comes next. He says there in verse 15, I have desire, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you disciples before I suffer. Jesus knows what comes next. He knows that this is the last stop for him. Before the cross. And you know, in, in, in a very strange way that none of us can even imagine, throughout his entire life, Jesus has somehow been longing. He has somehow been earnestly desiring to get to the cross. And why? Because that's why he came. Jesus, the eternal Son of God. He came to this earth to die. You know, Jesus didn't, he didn't come to this earth just to give you a good example to follow. He didn't come to this earth just to give you some good teachings to follow. No, Jesus Christ, he came to this earth to die. Mark 10, 45, the Son of Man has come to give his life. And man, Jesus' plan all along, throughout his life, his plan all along was to die during the Passover. And you know why? <laughs> because Jesus is the Passover lamb. Jesus is the one and only true Passover lamb. And when God originally delivered the Jewish people from captivity in Egypt through the blood of little Passover lambs, and then when God told the Jewish people to celebrate this annual feast, every Jewish family killing little Passover lambs every single year, when God did all of that stuff with all of these little Passover lambs, God was simply preparing the Jewish people for a much 
greater Passover lamb. Man, all of the little lambs throughout Jewish history, all of those little lambs, they had simply pointed forward to a much greater Passover lamb to come. The one and only true Passover lamb. Before this world was ever created, God planned to send a Passover lamb, a lamb that would one day be sacrificed at Passover. And the sacrifice of this Passover lamb would deliver people from captivity, not just from captivity in Egypt, but deliver people from captivity to sin and death. The sacrifice of this one and only Passover lamb would save sinners like you and me. And this one and only true Passover lamb is Christ. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7, the Apostle Paul says, Christ, our Passover lamb, Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Jesus has been longing his entire life. He's somehow been earnestly desiring his entire life to make it to this Passover feast. Because he came to die. And he knows that this is the last stop before the cross. This is essentially the finish line for Jesus. The end of his journey. The Passover lamb will now, will now be sacrificed. But man, you think about this feast here with these disciples sitting around this room. This feast here, this is not the last time that Jesus will feast with these disciples. And Jesus wants these disciples to know here that he will one day feast with them again. Jesus, he said there in verse 15 that he had earnestly desired to eat this feast with them because he would not eat another feast with them until it was fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he was probably talking about heaven there. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Revelation chapter 19. After everything in this life is finally said and done, after Christ has finally returned to this earth a a, a second and and final time, after Christ has, has finally brought all of his people into the new heavens and the new earth for good, guess what? (laughs) Jesus will then once again recline. He will recline with these disciples in front, of them, in front of him here, 11 of them anyways, all except Judas. And Jesus will also then recline with every single disciple throughout the history of this world, and he will feast with them. <laughs> A joyful, infinitely joyful, eternal feast. Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's incredible. And Jesus wants these 12 men here to know. He wants them to know that even though he will soon suffer and die, and soon after that he will be taken away from them back into heaven, even though this right here is the last time he will feast with them like this, 
in this lifetime, he wants them to know here that this will not be the last time he will feast with them. <laughs> There's an old Johnny Cash song. Uh, and, and I think this Johnny Cash song kind of captures the feeling here quite well. The refrain says, Have a little bread, Simon. Pass the wine to James, my brother. Go ahead and eat, fellas, and love one another. Have a good time, friends, because tomorrow I must die, and I'm never going to eat with you again till we eat the marriage supper in the sky. This one, one introductory remark of sorts that Jesus kind of gives his disciples here. And man, Jesus then, uh, he, he reinforces it with, with a similar remark. If you look at verse 17 again. Jesus then took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. A very similar statement. So Jesus now, he, he takes this cup of wine in his hands. Now listen, Luke actually says here in this passage that Jesus, at this meal here, he picked up a cup of wine on two different occasions. He picks up a cup of wine right here, verse 17. He picks one up again in verse 20. And it is possible that Jesus just picks up the same cup of wine twice, but most commentators think that he probably picked up two different cups of wine. This Passover meal, back then, in Jesus' day, first century Israel, this Passover meal was a carefully scripted meal. There were certain elements you had to have in your meal, and every element was, was rich with symbolism. Every element was meant to remind the Jewish people of some aspect of their deliverance from Egypt. The, the, the bitter herbs represented their bitter slavery. The stewed fruit, it represented the paste that they used for making bricks in slavery, and so on. And at the end of the meal, someone, usually the youngest son would ask, why is this night different from other nights? And the host of the meal then, typically the father would retell the Exodus story. Push pause for a second. Do you realize that if Jesus and his disciples did this, Jesus was probably the one to retell the Exodus story here? And, and can, you, can you just step into that? Can you just imagine that? Jesus, before his disciples, retelling this story to them about all of these little Passover lambs, while he, the one and only Passover lamb, is preparing to be slaughtered. Can you even imagine what was going through Jesus' heart and mind when he told that story? Both the joy and the anguish that he was staring into right at this point in time. Man, this, this meal here, it was a very carefully scripted meal. And, and during the meal, the Jews would drink from four distinct cups of wine. 
each one of those cups symbolizing something different. And most commentators believe that right there in verse 17, Jesus just picked up the first symbolic cup of wine. It was called the cup of thanksgiving. And Jesus picked it up, Luke says, and then he gives thanks. He gives thanks And then he hands it to his disciples to share. And then Jesus says, from now on, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Amen. (laughs) Once again, Jesus is now emphasized with these, these disciples here that a future feast is coming someday. Disciples, I, I, I will suffer and die tomorrow and and I will then soon be taken away from you and I won't feast like this with you again here in this lifetime but do not fear because I will feast with you again I promise I promise So that's the first thing in this passage here, that the setting and some introductory remarks of sorts from Jesus. And the second thing here in this passage is the very first communion. The very first Lord's Supper. (laughs) This, This last supper here, That this meal with Jesus and his disciples, this last supper now becomes a first supper of sorts. The very first Lord's Supper in the history of the entire world. You look at verse 19. Luke says, Jesus now took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus now picks up some bread here, the unleavened bread of this Passover feast, and he gives thanks, just like he did with that first cup of wine. Have you ever wondered why, why, why some people call the Lord's Supper the Eucharist? It's because one of the Greek words for giving thanks in this passage here is the word Eucharisteo. 